What is up, five fans, and welcome to episode four of Sports Not Scrap Report. I am, of course, Jason Burgos, and I am joined by the globe-trotting, or soon-to-be globe-trotting, the Kevin Lee defending, the, the, the haters' ball title contending, the man we know as Anthony Angry Walker, Senor A.W. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay, except for the fact that I feel slighted by your intro. Um, I am not the contender for the player haters ball. I am the only champion that there ever was and there ever will be. So I am the My king apologies. hater. I mean, come on now. Who else? Yeah, I mean, I, I heard about some top contenders in the ranking and stuff like that, but I did not get the latest report. You are the champion. Pound Put it pound, on baby. the books. <laughs> we have a packed show a lot of topics to talk about this week in episode four um so let's get right into it i mean the first one i think is one of the more interesting one of the big stories we covered it also on sports time it was also covered on ringside intel as well the sister site uh francis Ngannou books about with the one and only tyson fury uh was announced uh in rumors then officially announced that uh, earlier this week um wbc champion tyson fury whole bunch of money. Francis Zagano is sure to make quite a few millions. I, I guess the big question that comes out of this is, do a lot of people, especially on the MMA side, especially the fans, because the fans are so, the fans are really in, in the top rankings of the players, haters, ball, a lot of things when people leave the UFC. <laughs> but do they owe Francis a bit of an apology? You know, because he left a lot of people, even in the UFC, like the Daniel Cormier's, I think even a Joe Rogan, a Conor McGregor, said bad move, shouldn't leave, should stay in the UFC. He left. He bet on himself, which every fighter should. He was a world champion. He left at, he left at the best time where his peak value. He left. He got the big, gigantic bag. I'm sure he's probably going to make, let's say he even makes $5 million. $5 million is still a ton of money, but there's a good chance. Maybe he's making $10 million, and that's a huge amount of money. Should people be apologizing to Francis first? And then also a follow-up question, um, does sh does this send a message to other fighters? Because we've seen the Tyron Woodleys, we've seen the Ben Askrens go and do this boxing thing when they're well past their prime, Anderson Silva. Should this send a message to uh, maybe an Israel Adesanya when contract co time comes up, uh, a, a, you know, a, a Patty Pimblet or something like that, somebody that has value that they can take somewhere? Should they take understand, look, I can go do boxing. I can always maybe come back to UFC. They're always probably going to take me back. Let me go to boxing. Let me make a few million. Like, is that a message that uh, some of the top fighters in the world, a, a Volkanovski or something like that? Or is this very much that classic, unique situation where it's two heavyweights, heavyweights are always popular, and that's really the thing here. And not everybody can be a Francis Ngannou, go out there in boxing and get $10 million. I think it's somewhere in the middle. Um, Francis Ngannou certainly defeated the game of combat sports with, with this announcement like he did yep. something that pretty much no other fighter outside of like conor mcgregor has done in mma and that's and that's crossover mm -hmm. to real money to to real yep. prestige to a real spotlight i'm but i also think that this isn't necessarily going to work for everybody um, and maybe it's it's more so because the fighters themselves they function against their own interests way too often maybe not enough of them are going to get the hint that this is possible that you can yep. and it doesn't necessarily have to be this huge fight with the tyson fury or some huge fight with another big name in in another you know sport perhaps yep. it's just another opportunity outside the ufc and that's what a lot of people just aren't understanding so your daniel cormier's and and some of the other um ufc personnel that were downplaying you know, 
Francis Ngannou's value on the market and, and fans and pundits and stuff, they were saying, oh, he, he fumbled the bag. Like that was a common thing you heard. They, they're not thinking outside the box. They, or should I say thinking outside the octagon? Like, yeah, you, you, you go. got to get outside the octagon sometimes. And Francis Ngannou has won. No matter what happens in that in that fight, which I'm sure we'll talk about it, I don't like his chances in it. I don't think many people who understand combat sports actually like his chances in it. But I like the way his bank account is going to look when it's over with. And I'll tell you this. If he's making $5 million, that is very low ball for this fight. Very low yeah. ball. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, Conor McGregor was estimated to make like $100 million for his fight wow. with Floyd Mayweather. Um, and we're talking about the numbers like the Fury and Wilder first, their first fight. They They sold a fraction of what the bigger pay-per-views in the UFC sold. And they were making 10 times what the, the main eventers on those, um, on, on those fights were making. So I'd be very surprised if Francis Ngannou is, is doing anything less than 15 to 20 million. And 15 to 20 is fair. I think on some level he, he, he's hurt by, he, he doesn't have that UFC branding behind him, which helped Connor a lot, but Connor's a unique, uncanny kind of, uh, famous athletes like that i think also what's hurt him a little bit is we've seen these crossovers a little bit and the mma guys didn't fare as well so they i think it, the, the 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 bloom is off the rolls a little bit with that but i think yeah fair probably 10 15 that's fair and that's a huge amount of money i mean he was making good money ufc i think he was near half a million or so around there per fight at the end which is unfortunately for the ufc that's good money for a lot of fighters but yeah th this is a career defining thing it's more than anything he's ever made uh let, let's quickly talk about it you've referenced it um it has to be talked about early predictions on this fight i mean i think we all know where this is going no disrespect to francis Gano. he as much as anybody has a proverbial puncher's chance he is one of the not even one he's the hardest hitter in mma history no one has hit like this man it's freakish it's crazy maybe Derek lewis um but he, yeah, he's got the wilder outside chance, but this is this is such a huge gap. We've seen what happened with Woodley. We knocked out. We saw what happened to Asker, knocked out. And that was against Jake Paul. Anderson Silva, one of the greatest strikers in MMA history, beaten by Jake Paul, who's been only doing this for a few years. This is Tyson Fury. This is one of the greatest heavyweight fighters of all time, still in good prime years, very technical. I mean, my question to you, Anthony, because we both agree he's not going to win. Does he even get past round four? I think so. I think Tyson Fury is one of those fighters, much like a Floyd Mayweather, where they understand the show is 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 kind of a big deal. Like, true Floyd Mayweather carried that's true Conor McGregor to the tenth round, essentially. Like he let that go on <laughs> to give give the fans a show, and then when he's okay, I'm done with this. I want to go, you know, party with strippers or whatever. <laughs> then he decided this is over with, and, and he got it finished. I think Tyson Fury probably yeah. does something similar, but I will say in in Ganu's favor here. We can look at the third Wilder fight as an example of what Ngannou could possibly do with very minor technical improvements. I mean, Francis Ngannou, I've, I've been on record saying this, like as fantastic as I find his fights and and as great as his story is, his his striking is certainly not technical. Um, it, it's improved, yeah. but he does a lot of yeah, things technically better, yeah. very wrong. And he, but he survives on his strength and his power and his athleticism. Like that's that's what kind of gets yeah. him there, right? Um, yeah. Deontay Wilder sort of the same type of boxer. Yeah, he really but is. In their last fight, in the in the Wilder uh, Fury three fight, Wilder learned a jab, just a jab. He <laughs> added he added a pretty nice jab to his arsenal, and he gave Fury the fight of his life. Now I think if Ngannou makes 
a, a change like that. He he employs a, a good jab. He he works on his footwork to make it make it at least serviceable for for boxing. Then we're talking about something potentially interesting. Maybe, and, and this is and this is still a long shot, but that's about as good as I can cling on to while giving Engano some hope here. Like I, I think we're all invested in the story. It would be fantastic to see him, you know, floor Tyson Fury. And, you know, like, imagine the first Wilder fight when Fury went down in the last round. And, like, Ngannou does that and Fury just doesn't get up. Best story ever. The, the absolutely greatest story that's ever happened in, in combat sports. But probability, probably very low. And just to back you up on that point, because there that's the why Ngannou has more of a chance than, say, Floyd, I mean, uh, Connor versus Floyd, because him and Wilder are worlds apart. Wilder's, yeah, he's a better boxer, train more, but Wilder is very much Wilder. He's a wild boxer and stuff like that. And it's his power that gets him through, even when he's been a technical match. To go to that, Wilder is three inches taller than him, but oddly enough, they both have the same 83 inch reach, which is pretty crazy. So, if, like you said, if you can develop a jab, it's an interesting fight. But, you know, if you guys are liking this conversation, please like this video share it subscribe to our youtube channel on sports not uh comment what do you think how this fight's gonna go do you how are you happy with the fight are you not happy with the fight also let us know any guests you want us to talk to um moving on kind of from that because because not everybody's happy with this a lot of people aren't happy with this in boxing but even in mma they'd rather see the arguably the best mma heavyweight champion in the world fight in the mma he is a exclusive fighter of pfl um, recently on Sports Not, please everybody go check it out. I did an interview with Phil DeFreeze. He is the, he the heavyweight champion of KSW. Guy's 9 0. He's going to defend his title on this Saturday. He very much wants to be the guy who welcomes Angano back to MMA in his PFL debut, which is supposed to get their opponent, the opponent, $2 million. He wants that $2 million. He made it clear multiple times in our conversation. I think it's a. It makes sense. He also mentioned KSW is often open to the idea of cost promotion. I think KSW, while being one of the bigger brands, probably the biggest brand in MMA in Europe, there's still maybe not a Bellator one championship who have these lofty goals and it's a little harder to do cross promotion with. I think something KSW and PFL, that could be something that could happen. It could work out. He's a respected name. He's a good fighter. He's a much better fighter than when he was in the UFC because he's dealt with his anxiety issues. He's 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 in his prime. He's just late 30s. Uh, he's a very good grappler, which, of course, is a problem for Francis. So there's that angle, too. And also, PFL is trying to do things in Europe. I think I believe they're doing a show in, in, in France, too. So they're trying to gain some footing in Europe. KSW could maybe help with that, especially in Poland, where the sport's gotten big because of, of, of uh, KSW. What do you think of that, of the, the possible people that could fight? uh francis i mean i doubt belcher's gonna send by i doubt one championship's gonna send anybody the next best thing really is ksw horizon ryzen doesn't have good heavyweights this seems like the most logical fight for francis when he does make his pfw on pay-per-view it, it does make a lot of sense and ksw would be the the number one promotion i i think that would be open to something like this i i sat down with uh martin lewandowski uh the one of the the founders of ksw a few years back and a lot of our conversations centered around the idea of cross promotion like he actively has pursued bellator and i've asked scott coker about that as well and there were talks at some point about bellator and ksw crossing over um i i don't believe one championship because they're they're kind of isolating themselves um but, much, yeah. but ksw has reached out to promotions before to to co-promote and i think they would be a logical fit the only problem from from ksw's angle is you know, are you going to devalue one, potentially devalue one of your biggest stars 
um, in favor of PFL. Um, that's that's sort of the thing. I think that's the the roadblock for Bellator, for one championship, for any major promotion that has a heavyweight that makes sense for Francis Ngannou. That's sort of the roadblock. Like, do you potentially waste your own heavyweight champion or a top tier heavyweight or contender in your promotion um, to boost someone that's making money for for another entity? That that's sort of the question to be asked. But Filter Freeze makes a lot of sense from a logical standpoint and one of the better opponents that you can look for outside of the UFC. Yeah, yeah, and and adding to the 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 making it it makes sense for both sides. And Phil even mentioned this that he he knows cross promotion is tough, but the best way to do it is if there's a long term relationship that benefits both sides. We've actually seen it with Risen and Bellator. They've done that. They have a very cohesive relationship that they help each other off and on here and then back and forth. Especially with PFL, PFL's a perfect promotion or league to do cross promotion because they have seasons there's a, a big swath of time where fighters are not fighting if they were allowed to go to a ksw a few of them and ksw guys were allowed to be in the season to just add further depth it just makes so much sense for the for both sides really and ksw's trying to grow in the u.s if they can have fighters on espn plus that's a big deal so listen both guys come on let's make it happen um going on from that let's move on well let's let's talk about Chael Sonnen, he made a, a very interesting point during an appearance on the MMA Hour about Israel Adesanya possibly usurping Conor McGregor as the biggest uh, star in the sport. And I'm going to read the quote he, he made on the show. And he said, I've never seen anybody like Adesanya. And I only say that a couple of times. Everyone said it a couple of time, other times in my career. I was in the room when Vandalay Silva walked in and there was like a glow around him. That happened to me one other time in the sport. It was the first time I ever saw a hoist racing. And there was like this aura. I'm bringing this to, be, to you because there's a different game being played here by Izzy. And you want to know who should be watching this? It's not Duplessis. It's not the, the rest of the division. It's Con McGregor. Izzy is coming for his spot. Izzy is coming for top draw in the sport. And he's not that far away. Honestly, I, <laughs> it's crazy. I remember I was back in, in, in the garden for the UFC event that was Izzy was on. We fought Brunson. Cormier Lewis was the main event. That was the first time I've ever seen Israel Asai in person. I was right there in the media room. He legitimately has that aura. There really is a, a charisma that permeates off of him. It's legit. And it's probably only stronger now that he's become a champion since then, all this kind of stuff. Um, do you agree with Chael? I mean, Connor's in a really weak spot. His brand is is still strong, but within the sport itself and within fight fans, it's only getting more damaged. The less he fights, the more he acts weird, the more he does strange things that who knows what it's related to. I think we know, but we won't say. Uh, is, is he in that spot? Part of me says yes, but also part of me says no. Israel's going to be 34 at the end of this month. Um, he's already been in the UFC five years. Like, Connor, he was a wave. He got into the UFC, and the wave just rose and rose and rose. And he was in his prime years. He was, I don't, he was late 20s. Like, you got to catch that and build with youth and, and then grind to the top. Izzy's already at the top. He's been around for a while. How would he all of a sudden just now become that mainstream guy? Maybe he's the biggest guy in MMA, but I don't think he's going to have the same kind of mainstream appeal that Connor once reached. What do you think? I think you're right on that assessment. He's he could be currently the best star in MMA or the biggest draw in MMA, but will he eclipse Connor from like an all time scale? I, I don't think so. I, and I think with Connor, he benefited from the perfect timing. You, you know, there was a lot going on in the UFC that just sort of fostered the conditions to create a Conor McGregor. Like there wasn't yeah. the, um, you know, this this insane schedule of just event after event and this this endless train of bodies that's being carted in and out the octagon all the time. Uh, when Conor Rosa was sort of 
you paid more attention when the UFC was going on and Connor was able to to ride that wave. Um, Adesanya, his his rise has been with the backdrop of 50 events a year and this this constant cycle of yeah. of, of fighters and, and news and whatnot. It's just over and over and over and over again. And then on top of that, like, I find Israel Adesanya's fights to be exciting. Even I even enjoyed the Yoel yeah. Romero fight, like I, because I think technical brilliance is something that needs to be acknowledged more as, as exciting, at least for for a guy that thinks like me. McGregor had you know exciting fights from just a visceral standpoint. That just someone yeah. who knew absolutely nothing about fighting can sit there and watch and be like, oh wow, this is good. Oh wow, this is exciting. And I think it's it's going to be hard to to capture that that prime McGregor just aura that he had, like the, the, the media circus that was around him and stuff. I don't think we're going to see that again in mixed martial arts, at least not in this, in its current state, at least as far as the USC is, is concerned, I should say. Um, no one else is going to be able to rise to that occasion. I don't think. And Adesanya, probably the best there is right now, not beating Connor, you know, 2015, 2016 era. I think the one person, and this may just be, I think the one person that maybe could have got close, um, and again, the inconsistency has killed him, is, is Hamza Chimaev. There's a there's an appeal to him in, in a way. And and maybe it's not in the U.S., though there are fans in the U.S., but look at how popular Habib has got. He, he, he wealthy, very wealthy, and, and that's based mainly in Russia. Hamza has the same kind of Habib-dominant aura with that Connor Flair, boastful, wild, strange, that it can appeal to Western audiences like in the U.S. Hamza could have been that guy, but just he not fighting anymore has really derailed that possibility because he's young, he's on the rise, and his same kind of momentum swing, but it's killed him. Uh, talk about kind of someone that had same a similar kind of wave of growth and mainstream notoriety and, and – it has been away from the sport for a long time. And that is, and before we get to it, please, again, like, share, subscribe, please comment on your thoughts on these topics in our conversation. But um, Ronda Rousey rumors of a return. And, and as a wrestling fan, I, I, there's always been talk about she's going to probably compete at SummerSlam, then disappear again. And when people know that, and then Chelsea Chandler said during her UFC Vegas media scrum this week, she's heard rumors about Ronda Purse probably coming back to, to the UFC and at featherweight, now Ariel Hawani kind of shot those down, saying his sources have told him that's not a possibility. But if that were to happen, wouldn't it be possible? Impossible. I mean, Ronda's not not that old. She's still in pretty good athletic year. She's had a lot of time away. Uh, yes, she's done the wrestling, but it's very much a part time schedule. Um, you know, if she were to come back and one forty five, okay, fine. But she'd be better off a bantamweight. I think we all agree with. Would just is Misha Tate <laughs> a third fight like the only real logical fight and that makes the most sense or is like a, a Norma Dumas who also fights this weekend uh, a Macy Chieson uh, 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 Raquel Pennington or if we're just talking wildness and we talked about her last week is Juliana Pena the fight for a Ronda Rousey return oh um <laughs> oh spare me um <laughs> <laughs> you know what i i believe that i believe that the conversation was at least had like someone from the ufc called ronda rousey and said hey are you open to this who knows what she said um but i'm pretty sure they reached out because yeah. i mean we we were just talking about elon musk and mark zuckerberg fighting in the ufc like that's the thing that dana white is is seriously entertaining so yeah ronda rousey could 
comeback in in that sense. <laughs> but who who she fights kind of wouldn't matter, I don't think. I and I think he depends on what maybe I should I should rephrase that. Depends on which way you're trying to do this. If you're trying to put her up in the best toughest possible fight, then yeah, you know, you can you can throw some names out there. You can throw a Raquel Pennington or something like that. But also you don't want this potential cash cow to get beaten into oblivion again, right? Um, yeah. So, do you want someone as tough as Pennington in front of her? Do you want a, a someone who fights like a dog, like Macy Cheese? No, you, you probably don't want that. You'd probably want to lay down. You'd want someone who whose style is going to just open up the door for Ronda to hip toss and armbar. Um, which I think, if you go through sort of the scraps of what was supposedly the featherweight division, you'll find someone. <laughs> um, so you can go and go in that route. They can recruit a, you know, a former boxer or something and that knows nothing about grappling and they can do that whole song and dance. But Ronda Rousey coming back, I, I highly, highly doubt that that's going to happen. Even if uh, Hunter Campbell's blowing up her phone as we speak. Yeah, it just, and I get the appeal and there would be an appeal for her to come back and she does have name value. She's exp- expanded her brand because of her WWE run and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I think Pennington, Pena and Pennington would be interesting because Rock, Raquel is, is good, but she has her weaknesses. She has her flaws and she can be grappled, but she's probably is a more dangerous. Pena is interesting because she's a grappler by heart. You know, she's not a great striker. You know, there's opportunities maybe there. Like, you can't put her in the, R- Rousey with, in there with a really good striker. That's just trouble, yeah. and that's not going to happen. So that's why Pena, I think, if you're just going to blow your load and you're just going to go one time with Ronda and try to make the most of it, I think Pena – there's a marquee appeal of Rousey versus Pena and Pena yeah. could blow it up. And then that the, would be you know. the the most like horror, horrid promotion you could ever imagine. Like, <laughs> but it's, it makes sense. It, I mean, Pena, it, I'll just put this on record. Pena wipes the floor with Ronda Rousey. Um, hmm. okay. Like Rousey obviously can't take a hit very well. Um, hmm. She had like Bech Cohea marked up her face when, when they fought. Yeah. Like Pena walks through whatever shots Ronda gives and gives 30 of them right back and Ronda goes to sleep. Like that's, that's what happens there. And do you want to deal with Juliana Pena after beating Ronda Rousey? I don't think the world wants that. The world doesn't need that hard pass. For next week, we will add players, hater, uh, titleist, world titleist, and avid Juliana Pena hater. (laughs) But that is it for this week. (laughs) He's excellent. That is it for this week's edition of Sports Not Scrap Report. I'm Jason Burgos. He is Anthony, the haters champion, Walker. Until next week, everybody, uh, bye-bye now.